Colectivo Raíces presenta su programa Espejos de Aztlán Información, Arte, Cultura Bienvenidos Most families have secrets. Locked deep within their family trees, these secrets are hidden from the rest of the world. Sometimes the secrets these families work hard to tuck away are indeed so wonderful, you wish you could hear them. Then there are families who lightly cover their secrets because they believe they are great. However, no one ever wants to know anything about them. The truth is, the majority of family secrets are just plain, ordinary secrets. Stories or even events that once they escape the circle of secrets, they either do not surprise you at all, or maybe for a small amount of time. In the end, their impact is minor. In today's Espejos de Aztlán show, we are with Carolina Ugas Moran, author of Align and the Blue Bottle, or Aline y la Botella Azul, a book in which a magical word opens to the eyes of the reader, taking her to ancient Incan mythology. Join me in this conversation with Carolina about what triggered her to immerse herself in her Latin American legacy. Welcome to our show, Carolina Ugas Moran. Thank you so much for having me, Cristina. Oh, it's my pleasure to talk about this magic book. And I was reading it. And the first thing I was thinking about, what triggered you to immerse in such a deep trip by writing this book? The book is all about journeys. And it has been absolutely a journey writing this book from the very beginning. It, it started all with um, a sequence of dreams that I had. I had one fantastic extraordinary dream that threw me off and I had to write it and um, and then that in sort of trigger a sequence of further dreams that um, created the first six series and the second part of of that and that was in 2003 in 2015 I actually took a trip uh, from my my business my my work and it was a long trip and I had to tell my girls um, 30 day bedtime story and every day I created a new story about two selves or two fairies. And that created the other part of the, the book. I combined them all together and that led to a seven book series um, that was filled with adventures that it made. Um, it just made me have to put uh, pen to paper and get it out and hopefully uh, get everybody excited about it. You just mentioned your daughters and I was thinking about this main character, Aline. What did inspire you to have Aline in this book? It, it makes sense, right, to have her because it did start with um, with a, a dream. And in, in addition from that, um, I wanted to choose uh, a female because it, it, you know, it is important to have female characters for girls as role models in the book. I think that... Um, You know, having a female who who can make anything happen, who has great adventures, who can attain to what they set their minds to, but not just to marry their prince charming, <laughs> to, to really set the goal of how do they make themselves happy? How do they feel complete and, you know, successful, whether they marry the prince charming or not? So I think that was a good message to send for my girls, their friends and all the females out there. That, uh, yeah, absolutely, we can drive as much adventure and have fun um, just as much as the guys can. 
<laughs> I really want to congratulate you for uh, bringing us a book on which uh, the hero, uh, La Heroina, is a woman, is a young lady. I know there are a lot of Latin American roots in this book, and that's why I'm very interested in your book. What are the elements of your Latin American heritage that are so deeply rooted in your book and also intertwining the story? So I was actually born in Spain, raised in South America. I'm half Argentinian, half Peruvian. I lived in, in you know, Argentina and Peru, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, which is, you know, part of the U.S., but I will consider part of Latin America, of course, mm-hmm. um, and here in the United States. So my my life has been completely, it is Latin American, but it has been and it still is um, greatly impacted and inspired by the Latin American culture. And that innately spells throughout the book. It's all about um, the family, the togetherness, the caring, the language, the traditions, um, even going all the way back to the the Incas, which when I was in Peru, that was a huge impact in my life. And um, it made a difference in my life. And I wanted to share that with um, the world. In your book, there are characters and the names of the characters that uh, I could really imagine them in the Amazonian jungle or in the Peruvian side of the Amazonian jungle of the Ecuador. All these characters that you created for this book, first of all, the names, how are they linked uh, with any Latin American language or uh, Peruvian heritage? Language was a big deal for me. I I am... My first, my mother tongue is Spanish. So I, I really wanted to expose as much as I could. I, I really believe that the more exposed we are to languages as children, in particular, the more we can connect um, this better and develop this ability better and to become more multilingual the older we are. So I thought, why not add both Spanish and Quechua? So for me, um, it is not just about the language, but as I mentioned earlier, it's truly about learning about the culture, about exposing oneself to the abundance and fountain of knowledge that each language provides, the traditions um, that that represents. Uh, A few years ago also, I found out that very, even though there's a lot of people who speak Quechua, there's about eight to 10 million people who speak it, very, very few people can actually read it and write it. And that was quite impactful for me. I I didn't want to lose this spectacular language. And so there, there are efforts in the Peruvian, Ecuadorian, Bolivian governments to introduce the language as an intercultural bilingual education. However, some of the indigenous people in each of these countries are having their children study Spanish um, for the purpose of social advancement. So I thought I, I help. I provide a little contribution and, and help and, of course, have fun learning it. I don't speak Quechua, so I, I enjoy learning it this and, um, you know, learning the language. So a lot of the characters' names in the book are in Quechua. And you have a lot of the poems and spells in the book um, that are also in Quechua. And I translate them, everything in the back of the book, not only from Quechua to English, but also from Quechua to Spanish. So then we're... Um, really influenced and and embedded in both of the richness of these languages. And there's also Inca uh, mythology in the book. There are Inca warriors that I include in there, the lightning warriors that I changed a bit in the book. And so they're very much influenced by Inca mythology throughout the book in terms of magical characters. So yeah, absolutely. It's a passion of mine to to learn, but also to show and, and get our children excited about learning other languages and what comes with it. It's much more than just the words. 
Take us a little bit on a trip in your book through one of your characters. Uh, we are not going to tell them all the surprises your book has it. <laughs> But um, about uh, one of the characters are these elves whose names are Kichu inspired. Yes, so they're, uh, you're asking me a very hard question to choose. <laughs> well, <laughs> choose a, anyone. I, I like some of the evil ones, but anyway, <laughs> that one that has and egos their egos are so big that they can have another beast coming with them <laughs> another creature because the ego was so big I, I don't know it reminded somebody but choose someone of some of them uh, to let us go with you in a short trip uh, uh, inside the book absolutely so so just to, to to kind of cover what you're talking about the evil ones that you're talking about are the laca and the laca means darkness or oscuridad in Spanish, and um, those those guys are actually dark elves. Um, so wanted to to kind of since you mentioned <laughs> them to talk a little bit about um, what they the names and what they mean. But there is um, one of my um, I'll tell you one character good and one character bad. Just okay. So we can okay. Even tell you this the book <laughs> is a lot about balance. <laughs> so, um, to tell you one additional one about bad. So. Puyu is um, a mist demon, and, and Puyu in, in Quechua means aire or air, um, and so I wanted to grab this mist demon and create him um, a completely brand new one that hasn't been used before, and it's somebody who can um, have the, it's, it's literally made out of mist, and it was created out of anger and jealousy. Um, and it possesses people and it does things, you know, and controls people, it becomes a puppeteer. And the bottom line for me to be able to create a character, and it was really influenced by how can I find the right name in Quechua? And as soon as I found that name, the character became alive for me. And it just was a great, um, it's a loner of a person and it was a great character for me to build uh, from the name. And the other one that I can say now going to the good characters is the Apotequils. Apotequils come from the lightning god. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Apotequils come from the lightning, uh, Incan lightning god, um, Apocatequils. So I shortened the name a little bit so it's easier for, for kids and people to pronounce. <laughs> um, but these are lightning warriors in the book. And they are square creatures. They're very, if I can grab a statue of Inca symbols or Inca people that they could draw in their mosaics or in their buildings, it sort of resembles that in, in, in ways. So these are very athletic, um, very square-like people who have square gems of eyes but they are brilliant, adventurous, warriors, um, drive forward, have zero fear, but they're all about family. And it is in numbers that they create changes in the world. And they're all about hope. So they're, they're, what they bring is the fact that we can have a lot of hope in the world, that we can together be hopeful in changing situations um, and making the right decisions with just hope. So that's what they're about. And that's also influenced by um, Inca, Inca Latin culture, very much so. So that's a little bit of um, stories about two characters in the book that's very, very different, but can take you to different places in one's life and can represent many things that we can go through in our day-to-day -day life.
you're just tuning in, in today's Espejos de Estlan show, we are with Carolina Ugas Morán, author of Aline and the Blue Bottle or Aline y la Botella Azul, a book in which a magical world opens to the eyes of the reader, taking her to ancient Incan mythology. I would like um, to share with our readers this uh, message of hope that a wizard is saying in your book. Let me read it in Spanish, and then I can also then read it in English. In Spanish, it's called El Canto Nocturno. And just to give a little bit of background on this story, it's really at a moment in, in a war where our hope is lost, um, a lot of, they're going to lose, right? Good is going to lose. And it's really looking at the simple things in life that make kids especially happy. And they're only talking about family and the meaning of family and togetherness that makes a big change in this, in this war. And it does lead to this incantation or this spell. So I'll read it in Spanish, El Canto Nocturno. Cayó un oscuro velo y estrellas brillantes reveló, esta noche no estaremos solos, sino juntos, lo prometo. Poderoso es nuestro amor, y canta una canción, magia vive en la familia, una revelación. No tengas miedo, tu sonrisa surgirá, porque la magia esta noche iluminará. The dark veil has fallen, the stars are bright, together we are, not alone tonight. Our love is strong and it sings this song. Family is magic. Do not fright, for magic will bring the light tonight. Poem I did wanted to translate it to Quechua, and it's there as well in the back of the book so people can compare and see the difference. I think it's significantly more magical in Quechua than in any other language for me. It just brings something extraordinary about it, and it made the book that much better. Carolina, en este libro creo que hay muchos mensajes o moralejas. Si tú pudieras resumirnos uno o dos, ¿cuál sería o cuáles serían las moralejas o los principales mensajes de tu libro? Dos que en este momento se están destacando, y la primera es... Realmente el libro está basado desde el principio del libro hasta el final del libro en decisiones que tomamos, este, lo cual para mí eso ha reflejado muchísimo en mi vida, las decisiones que uno tiene que tomar cada día a día o en general grandes que vienen este, y no sabemos para qué lado ir, derecha o izquierda, río abajo. Este, y el libro está basado en las decisiones que uno toma, pero más que nada es en la disposición que vamos a tener en las, en las decisiones. Irrelevantemente de qué es lo que decidimos y la situación en la que estamos pasando, la podemos decidir y pasar con una disposición mala, o sea, estar enojados, tristes, decepcionados, o podemos pasar exactamente la misma decisión en un estado de ánimo y una disposición, disposición muchísimo más alegre y contenta este, op con oportunidades y positiva este, y poder tomar la misma decisión. Entonces, al, al, al final es no solamente la decisión que tomamos en sí, sino la decisión que tomamos en cuál va a ser la disposición en las cuales vamos a hacer estas decisiones y, y cómo vamos a enfrentar cada vez que nos viene algo diferente cada una de estas decisiones. Esa es una moraleja bien grande que para mí es importante, sobre todo a mis hijas, enseñarles que las cosas pasan y al final la vas a pasar estando en un estado de ánimo bien o la vas a pasar estando en un estado de ánimo no tan, estado de ánimo no tan, no tan contento. 
I guess that every writer imagines her own or his own reader. What's the reader that you care about, especially in this book? Me imagino que cada escritor se imagina, en cierto modo, su propio lector o sus propios lectores. ¿Cuál es el lector o la lectora que tú imaginas para tu libro? Yo me imagino dos grupos de lectores, ¿no? Siempre están los chicos, las edades del libro en general está escrito en Estados Unidos lo que se llama middle grade, o sea, el, el, el primaria más o menos de entre los 8 a los 12 años. Eh, lo que yo he encontrado en este libro es que veo como dos grupos. Uno son los chicos, más o menos de esas edades, en las cuales quieren estar expuestos a aventuras y, y secretos. El libro tiene secretos empezando en la carátula hasta el, el final del libro, está lleno de secretos. Los mapas también tienen secretos, secretos por todos lados, o sea, gente que quiere descubrir secretos, los chicos. Pero también está un poco, hay, hay chistes y hay comentarios y hay este secretos también que solamente los adultos los pueden descubrir y, y esta es otra parte del libro en la cual eh, pienso que los, 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 este, la gente que les gustaría leerlo también serían los adultos y um, a mí me parece que el libro es una mezcla si po podría compararme con alguien con, ¿no? este, sin, sin, de la manera más humilde eh, posible me encantaría poder decir que mi libro se parece a una mezcla entre si el señor de los anillos se casa con Harry Potter tienen mi hijo más o menos tienen mi perdón mi libro más o menos algo así por el estilo o sea que eso es lo que me más o menos imagino es la gente que le gusta leer aventura y fantasía como el señor de los anillos o el hobbit este o Harry Potter can you tell us what's the blue bottle so the blue bottle is It starts in this book, but it will happen and will appear. And don't open all the secrets about it. <laughs> yeah, I, won't open, I won't open all the secrets about it. But just to tell you, there, there will be more, um, you will hear more about the blue bottle. It has a significant more importance in Aline's life and her friend's life later in the book. Um, so you're going to see it repeated, not in the next one, but in the following ones. Um, uh, maybe a little bit in the next one, but strongly in the following ones. But the, the blue bottle is... Um, It represents um, a powerful being. Um, so there is there is power in this blue bottle, and the power the blue bottle also represents again with the choices, right? What choices do we make in order to move forward? There is um, a way that we can utilize the power for good or for bad within the blue bottle, and so the choice is how are we going to use it and how are we going to prevent anything um, negative that can come up by somebody else using the blue bottle. So, um, and then later on, the girls, so Aline and the Christina and Sofia, which are the two selves, are going to have to figure out that themselves in the further books. But at least this time is how do they get it to safety and, um, and make the right choices from doing that? And how do they find courage within themselves to be able to get the bottle to safety? So uh, it's a book that also encourages uh, also to defeat, but especially in the case of girls that uh, I was really uh, happily surprised by the fact that uh, Aline, she is a very courageous girl. She represents a lot the courage that we all have to face and how do we don't back down. And the fact that she's young makes it even more powerful, right? Sometimes there's an, not sometimes, a lot of the times there's an innocence with kids um, that we as adults should 
appreciate and learn more. I think they're in many ways more courageous than we can be, just in that simplicity, in that innocence. So that's, for me, what she represents. And there is, I, I think you hit it right in the nail, there is a lot of choices and, you know, balance that the book talks about mixed with you know, adventure and wars and decisions and hope. And there's funny and happy moments as well in there, all intertwined, just like our lives would be in many ways. We are with Carolina Ogas Moran, author of Aline and the Blue Bottle, Aline y la Botella Azul. This book was just released. Yes, it, it, it has been released. It was released in October 31st, so Halloween. Oh, <laughs> perfect timing <laughs> for it. <laughs> so if our listeners would like to know more about the book and your work, uh, where can the, they find you and the book? You can go to my website. It's uh, www.adventuresofaline.com. Or they can go to my Facebook page, which is at Adventures of Aline. Um, they can see how I started the journey of writing the book in those places. Um, you know, some more information about Aline and myself as well. And uh, they can reach to me if they have any questions directly. Okay, sounds uh Wonderful. And um, Carolina, I really want to thank you for giving us your time and to talk about the, the book. And especially thank you for this book. I, I can't even imagine how much work did you put on it and how much of your creativity did you put in it. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it has been a pleasure um, having you here. I, the book has been, it is, the, it is the, another child of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you were doing it, having like a, a fallido, like we say with my book, my, mi hijo. <laughs> <laughs> mi hijo. time, but it's more than anything. I, I really do hope that it brings... Um, happiness and excitement and just gets us a bit distracted of our busy lives to um, you know read something that can make us smile that's at the end of the day my my hope and thank you so much for having me here it has been um, fantastic chatting with you Christina En el programa de hoy de Espejos de Aztlán estuvimos con la escritora Carolina Ugaz Morán, autora del libro Alín y la botella azul, un libro en el que el mundo mágico se abre a los ojos del lector tomando parte de antiguas mitologías incaicas. Para Espejos de Aztlán hoy, Cristina Bachín. <música> 